Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Kevin Conroy, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. I see a new episode of Tooncast coming this week. Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tooncast here on the Geekcast Radio Network. I'm, of course, TF Joe and Mike. This is episode 292. We are on our way to 300 episodes. It's only taken us 14 to 15 years to do so. I am here with Steve Megatron, and he is going to be taking me through my personal top 10 tunes list, which can either be animated series or animated films. These are favorites. This list changes all the time, so it could change tomorrow. It could change next week. This is not a definitive quote-unquote of all time list. These are just the top 10 that I picked out to discuss for my own top 10 tunes episodes. So I am going to hand it over to Mr. Megatron and we are going to start with the next, the first number. So take it away, sir. So Mike, we're going to discover what your top 10 tunes are. So mm-hmm. let's start off with your number 10. Previously on X-Men. Number 10. I, I, I put this list together on a whim, folks. I put this together like five minutes before we recorded this. Wah, and, I wah, wah. and I didn't want to place this at number 10, but it's the only place it could go for now. I don't believe what I'm hearing. But I do absolutely love the show. I think it's great. It's amazing. It basically got me. It was one of the two, three shows in the 90s that got me into comic book reading. And that is X-Men, the animated series. Oh, interesting choice. Yes. Normally it would be higher. So all you people screaming at your iDevices or your Androids or whatever. I go. I want to go. Out of the way, Gumbo. I would have normally put this higher, but there are things that are coming up in this top 10 that are just slightly a little bit more, just a little bit more. And the reason why I love X-Men 92 is because, like I said, it introduced me to comics through the cartoon. You had great storylines. You had, like, like, basically this was the comics coming to life as an animated show and at least through the first four seasons, the animation, for the most part, was amazing. You have wonderful voice actors, as in the late, great Norm Spencer, who voiced Cyclops. 
you have uh, I forget who did Jean Grey off the top of my head. You have Cal Dodd as Wolverine. You have Lenore Zahn as Rogue. Lenore Zahn, man, she's she's amazing. I, I hoped we can get I hope we can get an interview with her. But Rogue in this series, she screams a lot. And <laughs> the I way she's how much. Oh no, she yeah, a lot. Like it's at least three screams per episode, depending or more. Uh depending on what's happening to her. But but yeah. No, I just like I said, this introduced me to two comics and two of the stories of the X-Men and introduced me to the characters. As this was happening, I found the, I believe it was Ness. It was in Nintendo Entertainment Systems, Spider-Man and the X-Men video game. It might have been on other systems. I forget off the top of my head. I found that and I found the X-Men. Tr- You're supposed to know everything, Beast. What makes us like we are anyway? Gamma rays, pollution, ozone depletion, <laughs> television, progress, lousy luck. The X-Men trading cards, and I always loved, and I always wanted to, I, I need to find them again, but I always had the blue team card and the gold team card as my two favorite favorite cards from, from that, that X-Men animated series uh, card set. The show is just great. It It, it tells stories that are not necessarily for kids, but it get, it's like in the 80s, which I will talk about a little bit later, you obviously had something happen throughout a He-Man story or a G.I. Joe story or a Mask story or whatever. And then at the end, they would have the PSAs and things like that. With this show, it was like learning on the fly kind of thing. And it's just like Kevin, Con- which I will talk about way later, just like Kevin Conroy is the ultimate voice of Batman, like Cal Dodd as Wolverine, like there's so many great, and I love Steve Blue as Wolverine. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely do. But Cal Dodd as the original '92 Wolverine, he has so many great lines. You know, uh, calling everybody Bub, Bub, and Bub. yeah, yeah. What you talking about, Bub? Yeah, the one line I remember is I believe it's in the first two part of Night of the Sentinels, and and he's like, "I go where I want to go," and it's just it's just so cool and so great. So yeah, X Men ninety two. Normally it would be higher, but there are other things to to discuss. Consider. Yes, to to discuss on this list. Okay, that's not a bad choice there. Uh, so let's hear your number nine. Oh, oh, yes, of course. Here we are. You mean man will find one of those someday? <laughs> if man were meant to fly, he'd have been born with wings. I am about to prove otherwise, Archimedes, if you care to watch. Yeah, she goes. Oh, man will fly all right. Oh, just like a rock. <laughs> it would have worked if it, if, if it weren't for this infernal beard. Now, first of all, if you don't mind, I'll make the rules. Rules indeed. <laughs> Why, she only wants rules so she can break them. I'll take care of you later, feather brain. <laughs> now, rule one. 
No mineral or vegetable. Only animal. Rule two, no make-believe things like, uh, oh, pink dragons and stuff. Now, rule three, no disappearing. No. Rule four, no cheating. All right, all right. Now, pace off ten. You were really great, Merlin. But, but you could have been killed. It was worth it, lad, if you learned something from it. Number nine was hard. It was difficult because I wanted to find a mix of, of animated films and shows. So this is going, number nine is going to be an animated film. But I will say I did cheat on this list because I did put for two of the entries the show and the subsequent film that went along with the show. Because, you know, I'm a clown apparently. So number nine is the Disney classic, The Sword in the Stone. I love this movie. This was the movie. This and the John Steinbeck, uh, King Arthur and his Noble Knights, were the two things in my youth, my youth and my teenage years, that introduced me to the Arthurian legend. And Sword in the Stone is just pure fun. And I forgot how long those openings and closings were for these films, because the openings and closings for most classic Disney films is just somebody singing a song. Oh yeah, pretty much. And some of the newer ones even. Yeah. Yeah. But Sword in the Stone, I mean, you know, you got Merlin, you got Archimedes, you got uh, Arthur, Wart, as 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 Ector calls him, and and he's basically this kid that essentially gets this little kid that essentially gets bullied by his step bigger older stepbrother, and he's a squire. So squires don't you know squires are basically like pledges in like Van Wilder or something. Ooh, that's right. We got to do the twentieth anniversary of that over at the studio. Anyway. Bad thought, bad thought. Uh, <laughs> and he meets Merlin, and Merlin shows him all these these things, and and does all this magic stuff. And it it's a very it's not innocent, but it also is very a very innocent telling of the story. It's not bloodshed, guts, and gore. It's not you know the like you always hear about how the original story of Snow White is, is much darker than the Disney movie kind of thing. This is kind of the same thing They're They're showing you the legend, but they're showing it to you in a way that is fun. Like he, like Merlin starts using magic on the dishes and the broom and the mop to clean up. Like, yes, please. Can I have some Merlin magic so I can have, you know, press the digitolium. That's all I can remember. I was going to say bippity boppity boo, but that's a different movie. Oh but yeah, like, totally different movie. Yeah, but he does all this magic stuff, and he says all these things, and does all these rhymes, and it's just fun. It's, it's one of fun. my favorite original Disney movies, actually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, what's your number eight? Number eight. Oh, I I should say there are. Three cheats, and this is a cheat. It was He-Man who was... He-Man? Always He-Man! Your failure cost me price, though! So number eight, and I know everyone's going to be screaming at me that it's not higher, 
Master, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe 83, Filmation, and the 2002 reboot. Uh, 83, I was three years old, didn't know much about He-Man by 84, 85. I was into Transformers and Voltron and all that, and I found He-Man somewhere late 84, early 85. Basically, by the time I was five, five and a half in 85, when I was actually able to fully understand some things... I was watching He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and it was awesome, and it was great, and I had all the toys, and and literally, I had I had almost every. I don't know how I had almost everything, but I had Castle Grayskull, I had He-Man, Skeletor, I had Snake Mountain. I had the only thing I never got was the Palace of Eternia, which is fine. It's not that great. Well, I never had any of the the bases for He-Man. I had all the figures though. Right? Yeah. I mean, I remember taking the toys to school, but the cartoon itself. Now, Optimus Solo and I have spent the last decade or so reviewing all of the Masters of the Universe cartoons. We still need to review the some of the Netflix stuff. We've done Revelations so far, but uh, but we still need to do the Netflix Shira and the CGI series and all that. But we've reviewed all 130 episodes of the original show. And looking back on it, not there are great episodes, but there are also bad episodes. But that's just the way the 80s were and... But as a kid in the 80s, man, I was glued to my TV anytime. My favorite scene as a kid was tra- the transformation scenes. Every time. Well, it's it's fun when he grabs the sword. I have the power. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even as a kid and as an adult, there is an episode in the the filmation series that is called The Problem with Power. And for some reason, which I don't quite remember off the top of my head, he has to let the power return. So you see like this reverse transformation where the power goes back to Grayskull. And just like when Optimus Prime died, I cried because that was just, he eventually gets it back, obviously. And, Blah, blah, blah. It's kind of like a Duke Coleman situation, but, you know, it is what it is. It's like, oh, my God, you are returning your power? Why are you, like, what in the... And like I said, we've covered it over on Powers of Grayskull series, uh, Tales of Eternia. I don't remember all of the plot points of the problem with power. I just remember there's a scene in the middle of the show or whatever where he's like, let the power return, and it all drains out of him, and he just turns back into... Pink and pink shirt and purple pants wearing Prince Adam. Now the 2002 series, why I love that, and this is going to be just a little bit quicker on this, and we can move on. But I never caught. I caught it once or twice when it was airing, but I never. I, I never. I was 2002. I was 22 years old. I wasn't out of cartoons. I wasn't out of like the geeky stuff, but I was trying to live life and trying to go to college and trying to do this and try like it wasn't on my radar, but I caught a couple episodes here and there and I liked what I saw. I love the beginning three-parter. I love that they create that they, they pulled out that origin story stuff and the fact that Keldor is Randor's brother and he, that's actually a really nice twist that they kind of kept after that. Yep. Because it kind of gives more reason of why he so desperately hates He-Man. Yes. Yeah. The fact that he's his uncle, you know. 
I wish that series got to go on to do its its third season because I believe in the third. They only got thirty nine episodes, and then Cartoon Network or whomever canceled them. But so, I yeah. So really, really quick, I wish they had gotten that third that third season because they were going to bring in the horde and it was going to be awesome. But yeah, go, they're going supposed on, to do that in the new Netflix series. Yeah, they're supposed to, but I don't trust Kevin Smith. Well, they hinted at it in the last one, and I think even in the CGI series. Well, the CGI series, I yeah, I don't want to turn this into a He-Man show, but I love that because to me that is the modern day version for kids of our ages that we were back then. That's the initially of- initially I didn't like it, but mm-hmm. the more I watched it, the more it grew on me. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. And what is your number seven? Um, power of web shooters get real sticky. So this would be higher, but we have other things that aren't necessarily. I don't. The cartoons I love, I don't necessarily like have certain. I mean, each one of them is important, but they're all. It's kind of like all cartoons matter kind of thing. But this one is again another one that got me into comics in the nineties. And that is the John Semper Jr. Spider-Man, the animated series from I was 14 years old and between Mary Jane and Black Cat and Jennifer Hale as the voice, even though we didn't know it back then at the time, Jennifer Hale is the voice of Black Cat. I wanted her to be my future wife. (laughs) All right. I'm pretty sure all the redheads in my uh, animated series as a kid are why I. Yep. Married a redhead. Yep. Yep. But Spider-Man 94, great stories. Like, again, just like X-Men 92, like, essentially ripped off the comic book page and come to life in animation. And as of this recording, some website or some store or something actually printed out, they're sold out as far as I know, because I saw John Semper Jr. post about this. They actually made the Peter Parker polo shirt, the the green and blue and white shirt that he oh, wears. That's cool. Yeah. And it's got like a little Spider-Man head emblem on the, on like the, the, the left breast pocket. Yeah. But I think they're sold out. Anyway, but this show, man, say what you will about the animation of this show in all of its seasons. Say what you will about. And I, even I complain about some of the transitions. Like they tried to do 2d meets 3d. Cause there were a couple of shots 
where Spidey was web swinging through the city and it would be like this weird 3D thing. But I love this show. I love these stories. I love the voice actors. All of them. Every single one of them. And Stan Lee cameos. Yep. At the very Stan and Joan. Both of them cameo because Joan is the voice of Madam Web. And this show, man. So much crossover, though. Spider-Man 94 has. I forget. Which I know he's in it, but I forget which character he is. Has Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as a voice, and it has the Joker, Mark Hamill, as the Hobgoblin. Yep. I would. Fourteen years old, it was blowing my mind. I'm like, wait a minute, aren't you supposed to have clown makeup on? You know. Yeah, this show, man, and the stories that they gave Peter and the way that they did stories, the way that John wrote the stories or had people write the stories. And it was just so like the six forgotten warriors. That was an awesome multi-part episode about World War Two and old heroes meeting new heroes and things like that. And even when they did that, essentially because it wasn't done in either of the other older, the 81 Spider-Man series or the 67 animated series. This series started the Spider-Verse because at the very end, you have the, the spider wars, you have the, the clone war, you have the clone saga thing as the last two episodes. And I love how throughout all of it, Joan Lee is the voice of Madame Webb. Madame Webb, the character they were, she was teaching him lessons throughout all five seasons of the show that led up to the 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 finale and, and all of that and basically left it on a cliffhanger, you know. Who is that exotic lady? Oh, her? Oh, she's my ride. It's been great meeting you. Take care of yourself. You too, Spider-Man. Farewell and good luck. Wow, I wonder how I'm supposed to get down from here. I suppose I could wait for the Fantastic Four to drop by and give me a lift. That's Stan Lee. He's quite a guy. I think he's truly special. Well, Madam Webb, where to now? Face front, true believer. We are going to find the real Mary Jane Watson. And then they ended the series, didn't they? Yep, that was it. That That sucks. Yep, that absolutely does. Before we move on, I do have to say that I have currently, the only one I'm missing is, I think, Doc Ock. But I have the -the glow-in-the-dark Hobgoblin Funko Pop. I have the Madam Web. I have the Spider-Man. And I have the Black Cat. And I'm trying to remember, did they do a Green Goblin yet? I don't remember, but I know they did Doc Ock, and I still need to get him. But yeah, I love Spider-Man the Animated Series. I don't care what it's... Fl- it's just like Transformers Generation 1s. Most of the time, I overlook the flaws and I don't care because I just love the, the voices and the animation. And what- Same thing with Spider-Man. Oh, and before we move on, I have to say this because this is so cool. The Spider-Man Animated Series theme is done by Joe Perry, guitarist from Aerosmith. Now, interesting fun fact here, folks. Most of the guys from Aerosmith are from Massachusetts. I am originally from Massachusetts. Joe Perry took his dry cleaning to my mom's boyfriend's dry cleaners. That's cool. 
Yeah, it was Plaza Cleaners in Marshfield, Massachusetts. And, oh, God, I wish I could have met the guy because at six, seven, eight years old in the 80s, that would have been so awesome. So what is your number six? Another cheat, just because technically it's it's actually I've got two cheats in a row for six and five because technically they are one whole series, even though some people say, "Oh no, they're really not." But it's uh, it, it it probably could have been higher. But I have things that are you're going to call blasphemy on this, but it is Beast Wars and Beast Machines. Ah, do you need a hug? So let's cut through the signal noise, shall we? Comedy Hmm. meets tragedy. I know, I know, I know. But I have other things that, like, I could have technically switched six and five. This could have been at number five, but I still love both of these series. Beast Wars, you had so many various different things going on. You had all the character growth. Cheetor, outside of Hot Rod slash Rodimus Prime, Cheetor is my number one favorite hero Autobot that isn't you know, an Autobot leader kind of thing, but basically he is that he's essentially the Nightwing Robin Nightwing of the show. I love his evolution from beast wars to beast machines. I love the early CGI in beast wars. I think it's great. The best part of beast wars is when they get the transmetal two stuff. That's awesome. That's fun. I mean, dinosaur Megatron on roller skates. You can't get more cool than that. Well, that's transmetal, but yeah. That's what I'm saying. Transmetal. Yeah. Yeah. What is that thing? Uh, Eventually you have transmetal. Well, transmetal with with Rat Trap and and, uh, Cheetor. Cheetor gets jets. How do you work these things? And Ian James Corlett. Oh, my God. Love that guy. Gary Chalk, David Kay. We've talked to all three of them. Venus Terzo, I would love for us to be able to talk to her. I have to find a way to get to talk to her because not only is she Black Arachnia from Beast Wars, she's the voice of Princess Lana from Captain N, the Game Master. Oh, nice. Between Black Cat in Spider-Man and Princess Lana in Captain... Huge crushes. Huge crushes in the 90s on those characters. What I love about Beast Machines is it's such a story-driven – th- there is no real filler to it. There are some filler moments in it, but there's no specific like, – you don't have all this serious connected episodes and then do a low road or something like that. Like there's, there, there's all this connection and Cheetor's evolution, man. Oh, my God. Shields are doing it. Hey, look at me! I'm a cheetah! No, no, I'm Cheetor! Interesting. Interesting? Optimus, the word is spot on smooth. (laughs) It's a crime. Hey, I wonder what these gizmos are for. Fact. 
think it's time to shred some bread. What do you say we give these new bods a test drive? I am transformed. From the time he began in Beast Wars to the time that ends in Beast Machines with, let's take these bods for a, t- let me take this bod for a test drive. And, oh God, just at, in the animation in both of them, but Beast Machines, it just upped the ante. And you got Megatron. It's like seven different things in that show. He was a head. He was a drone. He well, was he was a, the dragon, you know, yeah. in the in the bank. Then the then the head. Then he became uh, like some weird amalgamations of different drones that he had. Plus, then he becomes the diagnostic drone, and then finally becomes optimal. Yep, such a missed opportunity with every optimal toy that comes out. <laughs> they need a Megatron face. Yes, yes, they I would do. strictly change my optimal just to be Megatron. Yep, just because. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what's your number five? I once thought I could protect the world by myself, but I was wrong. Working together, we saved the planet, and I believe that if we stayed together as a team, we would be a force that could truly work for the ideals of peace and justice. What? Like a bunch of super friends? More like a Justice League. Do you have any idea how corny that sounds? But maybe the big guy's got a point. With all of us behind it, it just might work. Count me in. Me too. And me. My mother may not approve, but I find man's world to be intriguing. I'll gladly join. What about you, Batman? I'm not really a people person. But when you need help, and you will, call me. Uh, number five is Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Yes, they are all one show, folks. Even though they split up the, the series, they are technically one whole piece of the DC animated universe. <sighs> the next, between this entry, number four and number three, it's going to be really tough. Because we have to talk about Kevin Conroy and... Him being the voice of Batman. And in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, I feel like he really got to break out with that voice. As far as them just letting... Like, he still did the dark and brooding thing, but he opened... Like, again, this is a whole continuity. This is a whole thing, starting with BTAS, going through all the other shows and whatever else. So by the time we get to JL, JLU, you know, he has this mix of darkness and and humor and it's just so like the beginning in the the secret origin three-parter he's flying in the bat wing which doesn't it's one of the more modern designs I, i don't like it that much but he's flying in the bat wing and superman flies by him and goes the other way he turns around whips his head where is he going like and the, the 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 sort of like hinted at relationship between him and Wonder Woman, I thought that was great. Don't you ever wish you were down there? I'm down there all I need to be. Yes, but it's just a job to you. I'm talking about going down there and having some fun. Maybe maybe with someone special. No. No dating for the Batman. It might cut into your brooding time. One. Dating within the team always leads to disaster. Two, you're a princess from a society of immortal warriors. I'm a rich kid with issues. Lots of issues. And three, 
If my enemies knew I had someone special, they wouldn't rest until they'd gotten to me through her. Next. The fact that we see him sing. I've talked about this recently on podcasts where it's like I, I tell everybody if they, don't, if they haven't seen it or if they don't know. In this little piggy, Cersei is like, I want something from you that once it's gone, it can never be gotten back. And it's, it's so into your soul that no one knows about this. And then all of a sudden you hit the stage with the, with the light and, and his, his, he's basically glowing in that light. Am I blue? Am I blue? Ain't these tears in my eyes telling you? Am I blue? Oh my God. But yeah, the rest of the characters, I love John Stewart, Green Lantern, Phil Lamar, uh, George Newbern, Superman, uh, uh, Susan Eisenberg, Wonder Woman. Clancy Brown continues on as Lex Luthor. Obviously, Corey Burton as Brainiac. And they were just great stories. They weren't stories that made me want to go check out the DC comic stuff, but they were stories that made me feel like the comics were on the screen kind of thing. I can totally relate. I, I loved those shows just because it was continuations of all the others. Yep, absolutely. So what is your number four? Why'd you do it like that? God. <sighs> number four is, and this isn't really a cheat. I just said etc. at the end of this, but Batman, the animated series, and it's two like adventures and new adventures and all that. What? You should be sidewalk stroganoff. I changed the menu. This show, man, just defined 12-year-olds in 1992. Ms. Gordon, I hear you've discovered our little secret. Yes, I admit it. I am Batman. If you were 12 years old in 1992 and you got to watch this show and your parents were allowing you to watch this show, because actually, it's funny, my stepmother punished me for what... Like, why is that show so violent? Why can't you shouldn't be watching that? Go do your homework. And so I never really I found the show later and things. I didn't get to go see Mask of the Phantasm in theaters, but I did see it in a group home on a VHS tape, which was really cool. Yeah, I I saw it in theater and I got the VHS. <clears throat> Very cool. I I just there's so many things, and, we, and we've said this before over on Legends of the Dark Knight. We've said it on Altered Geek. We've probably said it on GeekCast radio episodes. There are just so many great things about this show, so many great episodes. And this is, just like Kevin Conroy, may he rest in peace, just like he is the definitive voice of Batman, Lauren Lester is the definitive voice of Dick Grayson, Robin, slash Nightwing. I loved... Lauren's voice as that character. And there were so many cool different episodes with all of the villains from the Joker to the Riddler to eat Mr. Freeze. Hello, heart of ice Emmy winning heart of ice. You know, it's just so friggin' cool. Love BTAS adventures and new new adventures was cool because you had uh, new adventures of Batman and new adventures of Superman. And then they basically combined to be the new event, the new Batman Superman adventures and it was fun. I, my favorite episode, one of my favorite episodes from that is Nighttime, 
where Bruce gets basically taken over by Brainiac and Tim has to figure out what's going on and he has to go to Superman. And Oh, that and, was pretty funny. Yes, because Superman basically – it's basically I, – I assume and I, I wish – oh, God. I got to find a way to get in contact with George Newbern because I need to ask him this sadly now that Kevin's gone. I want to think that in that episode, Bruce Tim had them. Kevin Conroy, George Newbern had them sitting next to each other because as Superman, George Newbern talks in his Superman voice and then, you know, he switches to talking like Batman, but it's Kevin. Okay. So, and then, you know, Tim Drake, Robin asks him, that's, that's so weird and cool. How'd you do that? And in the Batman voice, he says, so how'd you do Batman's voice? Precise muscle control. Plus, I have a pretty good ear. Don't do that again. It was just such a cool episode. And then obviously the two other big ones for me are Over the Edge is the Scarecrow episode where Barbara supposedly is killed and they go on this alternate dream sequence thing. And and then Old Wounds. Old Wounds is a love letter to Nightwing. It really, really is. It's so cool. I never put on that costume again. And you still haven't forgiven him? Why should I? He'll never change. Must be one of the wallets they stole. Whose is it? I don't believe it. I think this is yours, Connor. <gasps> oh, thanks. But you almost gave me a heart attack. I thought you were the Batman. No. I ran up against him once. It was a real eye-opener. Forced me to get my life together. Now I've got this great job. Even Mr. Wayne knows me. Terrific guy. Never too busy to stop and ask how my boy's doing. Mr. Wayne is a good man. Batman had a change of heart. Who'd have thought he had one? Speak of the devil. You coming? I guess it's about time. And what is your number three? Again, cheating, because I have to. Batman Beyond... And Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, because how can you leave that off this list? The voice kept calling me Bruce. In my mind, that's not what I call myself. What do you call yourself? Oh, yeah. I suppose you would. But that's my name now. Hmm. Tell that to my subconscious. You see now why some of the earlier ones couldn't be some of the more lower ones? Because, hello, Teenage Batman, okay, Spider-Man, you're going to make references, that's fine, whatever. But I love the idea of old man Bruce, old man Kevin Conroy, and a young upstart Eric Matthews slash uh, Will, Will Friedel as the voice of, of Terry McGinnis slash Batman, Batman Beyond. Uh, favorite episodes from this, uh, the Shriek episode where... They think I'm crazy. 
We'll talk about it back home. We're not going anywhere until I figure out where the voices are coming from. But the orderlies could come in at any second. Check the light fixture. There might be a speaker hidden in it. You can't be serious. Check it! See? Nothing. Then the sound's got to be coming from the walls. Strip them. I can't strip the... Wait a minute. What are you doing? Ow! Big bandage for such a small wound. It's a two-way radio. Guy named Shreve makes them. He's the one who knocked down the police station. He probably bribed a nurse to put that thing in the bandage. Still think I'm crazy? It never occurred to me. You miss me, boy? He wasn't the only one. Looks like the radio signal's coming from that factory by the hospital. And from there, I've got a feeling it's gonna lead to powers. Doesn't take a detective to figure that one out. Yeah, the source is definitely in here somewhere. Not somewhere. Right behind you. You don't have to do this, Shreve. But I do. And the name Shriek now. I'll show you why. Batman Beyond was such a cool, fun show. And they did something different with this. This is 1999, so this is before Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. But they had techno and synth music and those those cues, man. They have a mix between that and the classic. Like if you think if you listen to oh, what's the track what's the track name? Uh, not family reunions. Uh, what what the hell's the damn track name? I don't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, you know they have this this thing where Christopher Carter mixes in the the techno stuff with with the the traditional Shirley Walker type type score, and it's just so good.
legacy continues. That's what it is. Mm. That yeah, that farewells, farewells, and legacy. I, I'm I'm looking at my Batman Beyond song lists on Spotify, so I know what I'm talking about here. So so yeah, very very cool, very very awesome, absolutely love. And Return of the Joker, man, like oh my god, that movie. We love that movie. <laughs> you even made your own Joker custom based off that movie. I did. Yeah, I did. you did. I still have it. Uh-huh. I assume you would. I mean, why wouldn't you? But, man. And the cool thing for me with that movie has nothing to do, nothing to do whatsoever with the DC Animated Universe. It's just a but good it, movie. No, no, it is. Absolutely. But the, like, in that, I wasn't, was I up on it in 99? I wasn't, I don't know. A little bit later, a couple years later, I found the Thin Man movies, the old William Powell and Myrna Loy Thin Man movies. In Return of the Joker, you have Dean Stockwell, who most people will know as Sam from Quantum Leap. You have him as old Tim Drake. And he originally, at least the very first role that I've ever seen him in, was in Song of the Thin Man. He played Nick and Nora Charles's son, Nick and Nora Charles. In the Thin Man movies are the Nick is the detective, Norris his wife, all that stuff. And he plays their son. And I was like, oh my god, you have an adult Nicky Jr. from the Thin Man. You have Dean freaking Stockwell as Old Man Drake. And it's just so cool. And that horrifying transformation. Forgive me, Terry. Old nasty memories twisting inside me like bad oysters. Nothing, really. I'm perfectly fine now. How do you know my name? There's nothing about you I don't know, bat fake. Terry! Have a time out, kid. Can't let you spoil a party too soon. And Bruce, I'm sure you've got your monkey boy wired somehow. That's just peachy, because I want you to see every minute of this. It's a killer. get tired of that. Drake? You're the Joker? <laughs> that flabby oaf doesn't even realize I'm using him as a timeshare. Beneath this puckish exterior lies the mind of a genius. When the when the chip gets electrified, when, when Terry reaches up and ha ha and you know puts the puts the buzzer to Joker's neck and you see the various facial ticks and things and oh god uh, and of course you have the famous thing with this movie between being PG and R because the 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 made for TV version basically has Joker slip on some water grab a electric switch and electrocute himself off screen whereas, yeah Whereas and all the, of the blood that's all over the place is changed mm-hmm. to purple. Yep. And in the uncut version, in the 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 cool version, you basically have, like I said, Tim, you know, Terry coming up and 
shocking the crap out of him and doing it that way. I, I love the animation. I love the music. I, Batman Beyond is so cool for me. It's between that TAS and, and JLU and even Superman to, as well. But like just th- anything to do with, with Kevin Conroy, Batman and it just sucks that he's gone. Yep. Sad, but true. Yeah. It really, really sucks. Thank you, Mr. Conroy for everything you did in your life. That's, that's what made the uh, Arkham game so bearable. <laughs> well, I mean, you're probably right. I've seen people play those, and and I love hearing him do those and, and all that. And uh, At some point, you and I, or I don't know if it's going to be other people, but uh, I have. I'm going to, sc- for you, I'm going to screen cap the, the Finding Batman, so DC Pride 2022. Uh, Kevin Conroy wrote a a story called Finding Batman, and it's basically his life story leading up to the point of him getting the role and and all that. And so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in another podcast at at some point, most likely in twenty twenty three. But yeah, Batman Beyond show and Return of the Joker. Uh, I said to somebody the other day that with Kevin's passing. Like obviously, it means so much to all of us, but it means it probably means even more to the people that he got to work with, or the people that worked with him, or the people that hired him to do jobs. And Bruce Tim, Bruce Tim, and Kevin Conroy have one of the best moments in the entire DCAU, and it's in Rebirth Part One or Part Two. I forget which part it's in, but who do you think you're talking to, old man? We're the Joker's. Sure you are. That's a once in a lifetime moment, and, and Bruce, Bruce Tam, as far as I know from interviews that I've heard him on and seen him in, and what he just kind of, oh yeah, we needed a voice for the lead Joker, and I kind of did it, and it was just kind of my own voice and whatever. But now you have a moment in time where you had an exchange with Kevin Conroy, the goddamn Batman, telling him that you're the Joker's. Sure, you like oh god! It just as a fan of it, as someone who absolutely loves it, as someone who grew up on it, it's just so chilling now. Just watching that, I just yeah, I just absolutely love it. And the music is amazing. Listening to the music in this show and the film, so great. Christopher Carter, amazing. What is your number two? Titan A.E. This is a Don Bluth film. Released June 16th, 2000. I find that hilarious because June 16th of 1995 was Batman Forever. (laughs) But Titan A.E., I love this movie. I love the music in this movie. I love the animation. I love the voice acting. I love the story. It was really small, like a cocoon or something. No, no, not, nothing like that, no. Mm, I do see something. It's got my buddy. Not my buddy. I don't know him personally. I kind of wish I did. But uh, it's got Matt Damon, Massachusetts, uh, uh, all the way and, and all that. It's got Bill Pullman. It's got Drew Barrymore. It's got 
John Leguizamo. It's got friggin' Luigi. It's got, uh, and I'm doing this from memory, folks. I'm not even, I'm not even looking at anything besides my my, my top list here. Let's not do that again. Hold it. Look there. Akima, turn around. Turn around. Garofalo as as one of the characters and uh, Nathan oh god not Philly in the other one uh, Nathan Lane as mm. as one of the characters and it's it's uh, it's got Tone Loke as one of the the alien characters he was pretty popular in the 90s though well yeah obviously I mean, he was in Ace Ventura he was in like Blank mm-hmm. Check yeah love Ooh. We got two years. We're recording this in 2022. 2024 is the 30th anniversary of Blank Check. <laughs> Plans. Anyway, Titan AE. Basically, uh, an alien race comes down and basically destroys the Earth. I know that's technically what was going to be done in, in Independence Day, but this is way better. I love Independence Day, don't get me wrong, but this is, in animation, this is, the animation that they used in this movie, the Don Bluth anime, oh my god, that ice crystal scene, where they're, like, trying to find the ship, they're trying to find, oh, and they're hiding out, and oh god, so good, so good. But yeah, I love, like, I remember exactly where I was when I saw the trailer on a, on a TV in a video store for this movie. And the stupidest thing is, and I think it's in the end credits, but the stupidest thing is in the year 2000, this was, was human clay 99. Yeah, it was Creed had just released their album human clay in 1999 with the song higher on it. They used higher in the trailer. It's not in the movie at all. As far as like, I don't know. I don't even think it's in the end credits, but it's not on the soundtrack. It's it's basically it was basically like, yep, we're just going to use it for the trailer to get you hooked. Well, they got me hooked because I loved Creed at the time, and I still I still love Creed. I listen to more Nickelback now than I do Creed, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, that that was one of the big things in the late, very late nineties, early two thousands. It was like pick your band, either or Creed or Nickelback or both, and. Sometimes it was both, and sometimes it was one or the other. But Titan A.E., again, amazing animation. The story is basically, it's traditional storytelling, but it's a cool story because you're facing this 
this basically unfeeling, un, unknowing, you know, dredge race of basically energy beings and Matt Damon's character, Drew, Drew Bear, Drew Bear. Talk about another crush for a character. Uh, Akima, she got purple hair. Okay, I'm sold. And at that time, in 2000, I was listening to WAAF uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, and Mistress Carrie, who has purple hair, was the 3 to 7 p.m. DJ on, on the radio. So, yeah, Titan AE, absolutely love it. Number two has to be, at least for now, like I said, this list will fluctuate in the future, but this is the list I came up with for this podcast. So... What is your number one? Can anybody guess? No guesses? All right. Well, you like it's Scrappy Doo. Oh, a sneak attack, eh? I gotta warn you, you're dealing with Scrappy Doo. That's more like it. I didn't even think to put. I didn't even think to put him on here. I wasn't even. I was just trying to think of like not necessarily the best ones that I love, but I was just trying to think of like oh the ones I want to talk about and the ones that I really. Re- no, hello. I am the fucking great one. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? It's been fourteen years. Damn it. And use the power of the Matrix to light our darkest hour. Transformers Generation 1, the show, and obviously Transformers the movie. Autobots, transform and now I know the show has animation errors and has other errors and dead brawn showed up in a scene in season 3 and I, I understand all that. But overlooking all of that, the voice acting. Hound, right here Prime, scout the area. See if you can locate the Decepticons. Just turn me loose, Prime. I'll sniff them out. I'm going to. I want to boot some Decepticon right in his turbocharger. Easy, Cliff Jumper. Just find them. We'll deal with them later. Good luck. The characters, the stories, most of the stories are really, really good. Yes, there are some wacky things. Yes, there are some nonsensical things, but Generation 1 was awesome. 98 episodes of Amazing. And, you know, I always, you know, lately over the last couple of years, I'm like, ah, Optimus Prime, screw him. It's Rodimus Prime or this, that, and the other thing, whatever else. Look, anytime Peter Cullen opens his mouth as that character, I love it and I tear up. Recently, well, I don't know as far as when this episode goes out, but Recently in my own timeline, I saw the panel that he did at one of the TF cons that TF con did close to the end of the year this year. And my God, he doesn't even have to talk in the Optimus voice, just hearing his story and hearing him answer the questions. And then he may or may not break into the voices. It was just so cool. I loved season three of the show because it was so different. There are many different off-the-wall episodes in that, but I also love the various episodes that kind of tie into the other things. Only Human is probably my number one favorite episode from that season. Because you have, as everyone knows, Ultra Magnus, RC, Springer, and Rodimus all turn into humans. 
because uh, Drath, Victor Drath, wants to wants to do this for Cobra Commander, even though he's called Old Snake in this, and you have basically Chris Lotta as as Cobra Commander in Transformers and seeing those seeing those bots as as humans was just so cool just just so awesome and the transformers the movie 14 years 16 17 years for you let's just round it down to 15 years total for the two of us we've talked about transformers the movie so many goddamn times yeah. do i have to say anything else like it's the transformers the movie motherfucker <laughs> like seriously it's a pity you Autobots die so easily or I might have a sense of satisfaction now you got the touch you got the arise Lightless Prime Optimus yeah! I-, I almost wish we would have got a Beast Wars movie yeah, that would have been cool. I don't know why they couldn't do it now, though. Like, I mean, yes, I know they're coming out with Rise of the Beasts next year. Yes. Else, but no, I know. I know. Mm. I under- No, I. God, here we go. I understand. But like, look how far CGI has come to today. Maybe you could take those like, it, like if you want to continue off of Beast Machines or if you just want to forget Beast Machines and continue off the end of Beast Wars in that CGI style. I don't see why they couldn't. But yeah, Transformers the movie, I quote it at least once a day. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. I can't deal with that now. Or in in, in the case of various files and other things, open, damn it, open. Yep. Pretty yes. much. Pretty much very, very, very quotable. So that's my list. And like I said, that list will fluctuate. That's not the, you know, it's not the end all be all, but those were the ones that I absolutely love and the ones I absolutely want to talk about on this episode of TuneCast. Makes sense. Not not a bad list. A lot of them would have been on mine in various places. Yeah, I mean, we, we so, most of the time we kind of sort of like the same things, but, uh, you know, this is what it is. And obviously, you would have things higher than I would have, and whatever. Look, I wanted to put Beast Machines and, Be- and uh, Beast Wars and Beast Machines higher, but <sighs> with his death, man, and it's not just because of that, but I am so much like I am connected to Beast Wars and Beast Machines, and I love those shows. But it's like I will go back and rewatch Beast Machines, not a lot, but more than Beast Wars. And the other thing is, but the, the thing of it is, is, is that I will go back and I will watch various DCAU stuff more than Beast Wars and Beast Machines together. So that's why they were in the order that they were in. No, I mean, I get it. I like Beast Wars. I watch way more than I watch anything else. Yeah. You watch it at the the plasma office, the dentist office, the the cat well, I would watch it at the dentist, except they kind of <laughs> need your attention. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Toonsters, I think we're going to go to a quick ad break, come back to close the show after this. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> ToyCast is back. We are talking toys once more here on the GeekCast Radio Network's Toy and Action Figure Podcast. From breaking into the display case to our toy topic talk and the brand new Origins in Toy Collections where we get guests to tell us their toy story of how they got into toy collecting. ToyCast is the only toy podcast you will ever need. Find us on geekcastradio.com and any podcatching client you choose to use. Now go forth, transform and transcend your toy collecting today while listening to ToyCast. Hi Maggie, what are you writing? Oh hi John, I'm writing down ideas for a new promo for Married with Comics. I like our old promo. But the clips from the old promo are from an episode that's never even aired. It's lazy podcasting. But we're incredibly lazy podcasters. And the only thing you've written down are the words, come up with ideas for the new promo. Well, I guess we'll just have to fall back on plan B then. Uh, B for blackmail professional podcast guest Tim Price into doing a Mephisto bit? Exactly. Greetings, internets. It is I, Mephisto, ruler of the netherworld and prince of all evil. I am taking this time for my evil machinations to issue a warning to everyone in podcast land. Avoid married with comics with John and Maggie at all costs. They're a despicably lovable pair of newlyweds who talk about comic books and other areas of geekdom with enthusiasm and joy that is anathema to me. Ugh. Just listen to them as they paraphrase panels. For those who don't have the issue, Thor's expression is pretty much that of anyone who reads this issue pretty once much. you're done with it. Yeah. You, you there, everyone's sick of this and sick of you. I am warning where you need to go, which is away from here and away from this issue. <laughs> and I do love that first panel. It's pretty neat. I like it. Batman going swoosh. Explain exposition. I have no idea what's happening. In this one, it looks like Superman's tearing a bridge down. Why is he destroying a bridge? I think this is part of his eventual reign of terror. Is, yeah, oh, maybe. Thing. The bridge. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> and comment on all their favorite comics. Everything about this issue is just gollywhackers. <laughs> He's causing huge amounts of property damage, which, by the way, at least when the Fantastic Four does it, they pay the city back. Superman's not going to pay anybody back for this. 
Married with Comics, available directly at marriedwcomics.libson.com on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching for Married with Comics Podcast. We've got everything you need. Hi, my name is Dr. Andrea Letamendi, clinical psychologist. And I'm Brian Ward, nerd. And we want to invite you to listen to our new podcast, The Arkham Sessions. It's a podcast dedicated to the fun and geeky analysis of Batman the Animated Series, episode by episode. We pay tribute to the writers and the stories of the animated series. While also exploring the very real psychology behind Gotham's rogues. And maybe even its heroes. All of this and more each week on the Arkham Sessions at underthemaskonline.com. Do you like retro cartoons? Then Saturday Morning Rewind is the podcast for you. Join them each month as they talk about classic cartoons and interview legendary voice actors like Jim Cummings. I am the terror that flaps in the night. Corey Burton. Sometimes toys can be so funny. Rob Paulson. Sure, man, but... Chaps our size. Nancy Cartwright and many more. Eat my shorts. So grab a bowl of Lucky Charms. delicious. Put on your hammer pants. Go to SaturdayMorningRewind.com and be prepared to feel like a kid again. Once again, that's SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Saturday Morning Rewind was voted best podcast ever by its host, Tim Nidell. So it's got to be good. Hey all, P.R. here, inviting you to come over and check out my channel on YouTube. It's just youtube.com slash P.R., P-E-A-U-G-H. We got Transformers uh, for the most part. We got some action figures. Whatever we really strikes my fancy and looks cool and uh, feel like checking out. So come over here. We got some tabletop gaming now over there. But... uh just a lot of fun. Uh, thank you all for watching. I hope uh, everybody's having a great time. And uh, just come over and have some fun. YouTube.com slash PR. Thanks. Hello, all sentient beings. Want the latest on everything going on in the Transformers multiverse? Check out the Transmissions Podcast Network. We've got weekly podcasts covering everything from Alpha Trion to Omega Supreme. From old school G1 all the way up to Cyberverse and beyond. And you don't want to miss Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers live play role playing game podcast. If you love Transformers, there's something for everyone at transmissionspodcast.com. Discover a world of vintage and modern toys that's more than meets the eye with the Triple Takeover Toycast. Hosted by toy writers and photographers Toybox Soapbox, 6O and TF Square One, this informal and chilled out series of discussions cover everything from vintage Transformers to Mask, Diaclone, Microman and more, be it nostalgic or current. Whether you're a seasoned collector or a casual robot enthusiast, all are welcome. Triple Takeover Toycast. We are back here on TuneCast, and you just heard Steve Megatron take me through my top 10 tunes list. If you would like to do a top 10s tune list, you can do that. You can do TuneCast Origins. You can do both. It doesn't matter. Just let me know. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and all that other stuff. But Steve Megatron, it's almost Christmas time. As of this recording and as of this release date, you are four days away from your wife's birthday. What in the hell have you got going on? Well, 
uh, prepping for for Christmas and uh, for a little mini vacation. Mini vacation? Where are you going? Michigan. <laughs> going home. That's yep. that's always good. Visit visit the people that I grew up with. Yep, that's that's always good. It's always good to go home every now and then. I haven't been home in fuck ten years. So this is going to release, like I said, December fourteenth, folks. And ten days ago, December fourth, twenty twenty two, marks ten years since I flew up to Massachusetts. And brought my mom at the time back down to Kentucky in 2012. God, I am old. Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Just realizations just coming out all over the podcast right now. And, yeah, like I said, if you want to come on the show and do your own top 10 tunes list, or if you want to answer the 30 questions about your cartoon watching habits and origins and all that good stuff, let us know. As always, we want to thank you for joining us here on TuneCast. If you'd like to get in contact with us, leave feedback for the show. There are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send us email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. This is where you would send the, the requests to be on the origins or the, the top ten tunes. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts, leave us reviews, please. Spotify and any other podcasting client you choose to use. Follow us on Twitter at GCRN Tunecast and at Tunecast Beyond or for the show. I am at TFG with Mike. You can also follow at Geekcast Radio for the network. What is your Twitter, sir? At SCP21. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also check out Tunecast All Tunes all the time over there as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode of TuneCast. I wish you'll join us next time. We will be giving you our thoughts on something. I don't know. Have no plan yet. Have not had time to plan. It's holiday time. I'm slowing down. This is most likely going to be the last episode of 2022 for TuneCast, even though I said that back in episode 290. And then we had episode 291 last week, and now we have this. So anyway, I am TFU and Mike with... Steve Megatron. Thank you for listening. Until next time, oh yeah, and unleash the tune in you. That's all, folks.